You're listening to Nursing Review Radio. I'm Patrick Avenal and I'm the news editor at Nursing Review. Julie Herity is the CEO of Macular Disease Foundation Australia. The MDFA has released a new report into the aids and technologies needed to improve the quality of life for the 100,000 older Australians with vision loss and blindness. I spoke with Julie and started by asking her to provide an overview of the report's findings. Well, today marks the official release of a very important report, Low Vision, Quality of Life and Independence, a review of the evidence on aids and technologies. And this report is being really needed in this country because there are 100,000 older Australians with vision loss and blindness. And one of the most important things about vision loss and blindness, especially for older people, is having access and affordability to low vision aids and technologies. We all know that aids and technology, sorry, we all know that technology has literally changed everything we do, whether you have vision or whether you have vision loss. We all use technology, iPhones, smart technologies, um, everything in our home has some technological component now, the internet. It really has changed the way we live and the way we work. For those with vision loss and blindness, many years ago what we had was called adaptive technology. So we would adapt certain things like a an electronic uh, enhancer or magnifier, we would adapt it for those with vision loss. Today, the technologies that are produced have accessibility features, work for the vision loss and blind perfectly. And so what it does is gives them independence and quality of life. Unfortunately, there's been a long history of really this issue getting the attention and support needs from the government, from the federal government, from state governments, um, a long history of neglect. Um, it's fallen between the cracks of many reform agendas. And while those reform agendas have been excellent, such as the NDIS and aged care, um, disabilities, what's happened is that this issue's constantly been parked and said, look, We'll deal with that when we get to this reform agenda. And we get to the reform agenda and it would get lost. And I think probably the most important component of this neglect has been the fact that when the NDIS was created and an enormous enormous advantage to so many people, so much needed, Unfortunately, all through the Productivity Commission inquiries, all through the the arrangements that were made on how we would deal with people with disabilities, when they decided to implement the NDIS and they said no one over 65 who acquires a a, um, disability after 65 will be included and will be placed in the aged care system to access their needs, especially for aids and technologies. Um, this caused a major problem. So this report highlights that history, number one, where now the only two pathways for access to aids and technologies is through the Commonwealth Home Care Support Program or through residential aged care. And this has not been funded, uh, it's not geared up, 
it doesn't have the expertise, nor does it have the ability in many situations to cope with the delivery of the much needed requirements of those with low vision and blindness. Are you able to prove, sorry to interrupt, are you able to provide some examples of what the aids and technologies you're referring to are? Yes, certainly. So aids and technologies can begin with very simple things like a, a, just a normal magnifier, um, a talking watch. So if you're out and you want to know the time, you just press a little button and it talks to you. Right up to um, very uh, more sophisticated um, uh, electronic enhancers so that you can put your pill jar underneath a ma ma major magnifier, electronic one, and read the label, or you might want to read the newspaper. And then we go to far more technological-based uh, solutions, um, such as um, text-to-speech, sorry, yes, text-to-speech. So if you have a, um, a internet, you have a computer, and you wish to uh, read something, it will translate text to speech. There are an enormous amount of programs now that help people who have vision loss and blindness to be able to operate a computer as one who is sighted. Um, going out shopping, uh, small electronic magnifiers, what's called a compact, you hold it against the labels and you're able to maintain doing your own shopping because you can read the labels. Reading machines. There are some amazing reading machines now, right up to your iPad with Audible, or I'm sure you, you know some of these, many of your um, readers or listeners will know about uh, talking books. We all use them. People use them on planes now, they lie back and have a rest while they're traveling. Um, these have all benefited those with low vision and blindness. Uh, mobile phones, uh, big button telephones, so people can actually see the numbers. Mobile phones with accessibility features that read your emails, tell you the time, tell you the weather, uh, guide you to where you want to go when you're walking, mobility. It's absolutely transformed our world. Uh, digital cameras, desktop electronic magnifiers, magnification software for PCs. Every one of them is changing the way those with vision loss and blindness live, they're able to have quality of life and maintain independence. That, uh, that broad array of examples you provided, and that was very comprehensive, they seem to range from products that I would imagine are quite accessible in terms of their cost to some that would be quite expensive. I was wondering if you had an idea in your mind about what the ideal funding figure overall for for this uh, for, that you're sort of a, a, for what you're asking for essentially, how much money do you think is needed to for this problem in Australia? Yeah, well, look, we're talking about older Australians because they've been they've been um, they're not able to access the football, and many of those older Australians may or may not take up this, the technology. Um, a lot of them will need very small amounts because small things can really help you. So what we've done is a, a, we've made some assumptions and we've done a preliminary preliminary estimate based on a 30% uptake of over 65, 65-year-olds. 65 we've calculated around 30 million a year. And that, that's basically coming an allowance of about 
dollar to about 2400 per person per annum. Now that could get most people some really good aids and technologies. It certainly get you a mobile phone. It certainly, if you were um, wanting some software on your computer, it would get for those who didn't want to use that technology, it would get them an enhanced um, magnifier um, that would get them some very basic aids and technologies that would actually really improve quality of life. And look, this is not a big amount of money for older Australians to have that quality of life. Because if you give them that quality of life and independence, you, you keep your mental health, you keep people out of residential aged care, you keep them in your home, in their home, and you keep them engaged with society. And isn't that what we're all trying to do with our ageing population? Yeah, I was going to say 30 million per year in the grand scheme of things doesn't sound like a huge amount of money. Who do you think should foot the bill? I think there is a responsibility, as they do with other major sensory areas, for the federal government to accept responsibility for this. Um, I think it's open to discussion whether states or the federal government would implement the scheme, but the funding should and must come from the federal government. You've mentioned, uh, you used the phrase slipping between the cracks earlier in our interview. I was wondering if you could tell me why you think it is that this gets sidelined and what your organisation will be doing to stop it getting sidelined in the short to medium term. Yeah. It's been sidelined, sorry, sidelined because it really doesn't have a home. It's a little bit like a, um, a spaceship. People don't understand ancient technologies and it's been hovering around trying to land in the health portfolio and then it gets shifted to the disabilities portfolio and then it gets shifted to the ageing portfolio. So numerous successive governments over the 12 years that I've dealt with this issue have passed it from various portfolios and then from federal to state and state to federal. So it just gets moved constantly and no one will take ownership or leadership over this issue and we were we were so many times the foundation was guided towards the NDIS will, will accommodate this and then it didn't for over 65 you know the aged care will be able to accommodate well it, it is trying its best but it can't so we need someone to take responsibility and that is the health portfolio. The health portfolio, health and ageing as it is now, must take responsibility and that must be under the federal federal government. So we've done the hard yards. We've actually produced a first ever report that government can actually sit down and say, well, now we understand it. Now we understand the history. And here are some of the solutions. Now, nobody's asking anyone to immediately put in a program and put up 30 million. What we're asking is we've given you the toolkit, federal government, now sit down with us, the Macular Disease Foundation Australia and other major stakeholders, and let's talk about a plan to resolve this problem. Excellent. Well, I really appreciate your time today, Julia. Oh, it's lovely talking to you. I hope I'm clear on what 
on what we're trying to achieve and the history and how important this is. And, and I must say, just one other thing you should know is that age-related macular degeneration is the leading cause of blindness and severe vision loss in this country. And almost everyone who gets it or has vision loss or blindness from it is, does go blind well after the age of 65. But AMD, age-related macular degeneration, being the leading cause is attributable to 50%, attributes 50% of all blindness and vision loss. So that's why we're focused on older Australians because they're the biggest group from low vision and blindness and they're the biggest group missing out. And such a small investment could give our older Australians so much more um, for those who have vision loss and blindness. And, and I think the exciting thing is that we look forward, and we're not asking the government to pay for this, but we look forward to the rapid increase in technology advancement and innovation. And we already have the driverless car, and who knows where that will lead. If people would like to read the report that you've put out today, where can they go to find it? Well, they can go to our website, um, Foundation, or one word, www.mdfoundation.com.au or they can ring us on 1-800-111-709. We have limited hard copies, but if there are uh, universities, etc., who'd like to copy, we're happy to provide one. And if anyone would like to discuss a low vision um, with us, we have some excellent resources, um, publications, low vision aids technology is one of them, a guide. If anyone would like to um, get a free information kit on age-related macular degeneration or diabetic eye disease, 